Welcome to the Harvest Center. Harvest Center. The 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 Harvest Center. Welcome to the Harvest Center. We're glad you're here today. Um, today I wanted to speak about um, how, uh, how to make a godly decision. So I want to speak about decisions in general. Um, because decisions is something that um, is not always easy to, to make. You know, we, we are always very concerned when, in, when it comes to a decision uh, time in our life because we want to make sure that we do the right, uh, the right things. And even more, you know, as a children of God, we want to make sure that we do... That we take godly decisions, that we take godly, godly um, positions in our life. Um, and of course, it's important uh, to know how to make godly decisions because uh, decisions always, always, always lead to a consequence, uh, good or bad. Uh, but decision is not just something that you make and then and everything finishes there. There is always a consequence to your decision that will affect your life, will affect the people around you. Uh, so decision is not something that, you know, affects only uh, your life. Um, and some of these consequences, you know, when it comes to uh, bad, good and bad consequences can have like uh, a lifetime uh, effect on your life, you know. Uh, you can do a, make a good choice, a good decision that will affect positively uh, all your life, or you can make a, a bad decisions that will affect negatively all your life. And although we believe in a God that restores, in a, in a God that can change our circumstances, be very careful. We always have to be very careful as Christians as well. This is, this is the decisions that we make, because some of these will bring consequences that will stay uh, with, with us, and um, it's always like, um, uh, for example, if, if you have an accident, you lose one of your limbs, that's it. You, know, you are like this for the rest of your life. If you spend your life smoking and then you complain because you've got, um, you know, bad lungs, cancer to your lungs, you know, that, that's unfortunately, you know, uh, um, the result of your decisions, like also for good things, you know. So it's important to make godly decisions. We're going to speak a little bit about this. How do we make a godly decision? How do we direct our life um, in, in a good way? Because you see also the good thing, well, the, the thing about decisions is that whenever we take the decision, we always think that it's the right things to do in our mind. I'm sure I'm fine if I go for that. Oh, I'm going to have so much fun if I do, if I go there. If I meet that person, I'll be so cool. If I get together with that person, oh, my life is going gonna, is gonna to be so wonderful. If I can get that job, I'm gonna, my life is going to be sorted for, you know, the finances of my life are going to be for, sorted forever and ever. If I can get there, I'm going to enjoy that so much. When we start and we take our decision, it's always in our mind a good idea. But the problem is that often... Uh, things don't don't turn out as we imagine, and uh, that's why it's important for us children of God not just to make a decision that it seems good to us, but as well that is a godly decision. It means that God is happy with the decision that we are taking. Um, 
So um, how, how do we make um, godly decisions? Um, how do we make a decision that we know is approved by God? So the decision always happens where? In our mind. The mind is the, is the, the battleground, you know, where we, everything happens in our life. We take decisions, we take positions, we, um, you know, we make judgments, we, you know, we filter everything uh, to our minds. And also decisions, you know, before taking a decision, we think about it, um, hopefully, and then uh, we think, oh, this might be good for me, and then we go for it. So it's always good in our mind uh, to um, the decision that we take. Everything happened there. And therefore, for us to make a godly decision, something needs to happen in our mind. Somehow, our mind needs, needs to uh, stop, stop thinking just on its own, but it needs to be aligned with God's mind, yeah? So that when, whatever we think, whatever we decide, is not just me thinking that's good for me, but we know that, you know, I am, you know, a pace with God. Um, and, you know, of course, God knew about that. He created us. He knew, he, knew, he, he knew that our mind is the place where everything happened. And, um, and that's why uh, he, uh, in his word, you know, God encouraged us to be uh, transformed by the renewal of our minds. You know, it's not a coincidence that that verse, which we're going to read in a moment, specifically said be, uh, to, be renew, to renew our mind so that we can be transformed. And this is a very known verse. In fact, I think I just read it even a few weeks ago in another sermon. Romans 12, verse 2. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. So again, it's like, be transformed by the renewing, by the renewal of your mind. What does it mean? It literally means that our minds start thinking, start pro processing things in the same way as God does. And, and, and we as children of God, because we have the Holy Spirit um, in, in living in our life, is something that we can achieve when we are close to God. But the way how we act, the way how we uh, conduct our life is, is always like aligned with God. So we have to renew our mind in Him, to accept what He wants to do in our life, and to walk with him so that his idea will become our ideas so that basically the mind of the creator somehow will be active as well in our mind when we think you know it's not just about us but God the God who created all things the God who sustained your life will actually conduct as well the way how you think and although you may think oh this is difficult but yet it's there on the, in, the, in the world where you be transformed by the renewing of your mind. The transformation you know, ha will happen in your life only when your mind is renewed in him, uh, which is the word of God. Yeah, The person of Jesus and the word, they are two uh, parallel, of course. So as we get closer to God, as we get closer to the word of God, we allow the Holy Spirit to work in our life. We allow the word of God to work in our life, in our mind. And, and, and even without realizing, we will, will start this process of transformation where that eventually will bring us in a place where it's not just me thinking but it's God you know my is God you know working in my mind my mind is renewed I, I, I I've got the same way of thinking as the, the Holy Spirit the God who lives in, in my life and and then it's interesting because it says be transformed by the renewing of your mind and then only then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. 
So it's only when we get to that place, when our mind is renewed in God, when we allow God to work in our life, when we start acting and conducting our life in the same way as God would like us to walk, that we actually manage to walk in God's purposes of our life. We will manage to test and approve the perfect will of God for our life. And we know, of course, from the Word that the plans that God has for us are good plans. That he has a good purposes for our lives. So for me to align my way of thinking, to align my way of, of, of conducting my life to him is actually is, 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 is a benefit. Not just because, you know, I, you know I'm gonna, that's the most important thing. We praise God and, and we say, yes, Lord, take over my life. But actually because I'll, I'll be able to walk into the purposes that God has, has for my life. No, his good, pleasing, and perfect will that he has for us, prepared for you and me. But we will, we will walk into these purposes. We will walk into this will only when our mind is going to be uh, renewed in Christ and in his word. And, and, and this is like the general rule, okay? And it's like, okay, that, that's okay. I got that. You know, God needs to, to work in my life. I need to follow him. But do we have some maybe practical guidelines, you know, things that we... Um, if I know these things, maybe, you know, it will be help me to realize when I'm making a godly decision or I'm not making a godly decision. And yes, there are a few things, and we're going to just um, uh, see a few of them together today. Uh, so, uh, first of all, when you make a godly decision, will, uh, this decision is not going to benefit only, only your life, but also the life of the people around you. Uh, so basically, whatever decision you make in your life is not just about you, but it's about the people around you. So basically, taking decisions that are driven by love, are driven by uh, the love, the compassion that God placed in our hearts, so that whatever we do in our life, you know, we're not just thinking, okay, what I can get out of it, what I can gain out of the situation, but I start to think, okay, what will the people around me get? How, I will, how can I bless them? How can I uh, touch their lives? How, how can I make the difference in a small or big in their situations? So decisions that are driven by love. In John 13, uh, verses 34-35, uh, this is Jesus speaking, says, A new command I give you, love one another. As, as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By these, everyone will know that you are my disciples, if you love one another. Yeah, so it's like people will not know that you are a disciple of Jesus because you talk to them about Jesus. You know, at school, they speak about Jesus. At Christmas, you know, a few people speak about Jesus. But he says, you know, people will know that you are with me because they will see that you love one another. Yeah, not by what you say, not by what... It's important what we say, you know, that, you know, I, it's always important to, to preach. I'm not saying that we should stop speaking about Jesus. I'm not saying that. But it's like love needs to be at, at, at the center of our life. It should drive. It should drive all our choices, all our decisions. It's like, as I said, what am I, why I want to go there? I'm just, am I just thinking about me? Or is like I am thinking like God thinks that we are a channel to bless you know, the people around us. You know, I always say that the only reason why we're still around on this earth 
you know, and God does not take us with him, is because he wants us through us to bless the people around us, to witness to them. That's the only purpose that we have, the, like the core of our life, the core of our, you know, of our faith, to be a blessing to other people. So if, if the decision that I make, you know, they don't affect the, in a good way the, the people around, around me, uh, you know, perhaps, you know, I'm not making a godly decision, perhaps I should rethink that uh, before doing what I'm thinking um, um, of doing. You know, it's like, and sometimes this attitude of uh, thinking about ourselves, you know, is reflected in our prayer life. You know, if you think about, you know, you take, spend 10, 10 minutes in prayer before God, how much uh, me is that in that prayer? How much is bless me, bless this, bless this, and, and bless that? Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't pray for our uh, circumstances. Of course, we should pray. But as well, you know, do not forget that the reason why God saved us, you know, the reason why we're here is so that through us, other people can be blessed. So my prayer time, I want to spend time, first of all, in praising God for who he is, in spite of my circumstances. doesn't matter if I'm sick, if I'm well, if I, I've got money in my pocket, if I don't have money in my pocket. I, I praise his name because he deserves to be praised, because he loved me to the point that he's given his life for me. And that for me is enough to, be, to, be, to rejoice, to be happy. And to say, thank you, Lord. But as well, I pray for the people around me. You know, I keep, I've got rather and say, Lord, Lord, we will bless that family and that man and that woman. They're going through this and through that, that child. Your prayer life, you should be like, when you pray, you should cover. You should, not just you, but you should cover, you know, the people who are around you. This, the, 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 your situation, your circumstances should be covered. And, and, you know, the people who are with you, around you. And even when we seek the, uh, God's gift, why do we want to be blessed by God? Why do I want to be baptized in the Spirit? Why do, do, why do, do I want God, you know, why do I want to, uh, we say, Lord, you know, would you, you, would you use me? Would you use me for, uh, you know, would you bless me here and there? It's like, you know, when I was praying to be baptized in the Spirit, um, and I, somehow I was struggling, you know, at the beginning, uh, because it was not coming, the, the baptism in the Spirit, and I was a bit down. And I was speaking, it was one of these um, uh, summer camp, um, Christian summer camp that I used to go every summer. And I was speaking with a pastor who was the responsible um, at that camp, and I said, you know, I'm praying for, you know, for this and that, but it's not coming, it's not coming. And he answered to me, it was like, no, do this, do that. It's like, why are you praying for that? What, what do you want to do with it? If God, you know, fills you with the Spirit, why do you want to do that? Yeah. And I was like, oh, I never thought about it. I guess I said, is in the Bible. I want to just experience that. He looked at me and said, that's not good enough. It's like, you know, there is a purpose in God, but as in, in the Spirit, is to give you power to serve Him. Do you want to serve God? I said, yes, I want to serve God. And somehow that conversation changed everything, you know. And then a short after, you know, I was baptized in the Spirit, praise God. But it's like even when we ask things to God, why are we asking? Because I want to be blessed? Because I want to experience something? Because I want to feel good? Or because, I, God, I want more of you so that through my life, 
people around me can be blessed. I want to receive this from you so that I can touch the life of people. I can speak into the life of people. I can bless the people around me. What is driving your prayer life? What is driving you know, your, your decision, your position of, of receiving from God? It's just about you, you, you experiencing something new in God. Or it's like, God, is, I, I, I want this because I want to bless other people around me. A godly decision, a godly position in our mind is always more than just you. It's always you have to think and to project about, about the people around you. God's plan is not just about you. God's plan has been unfolding for the past 6,000 years from the creation to where we are now. And, and p different people have been used and different people have been blessed through God's work and the cross and everything. You know, and somehow we, we have the honor of being part of this plan, of being part of being called out from this world to serve God. And it's like, it's not about me, but it's, it's about being part of this wonderful plan that God has for this, uh, for this world. So a godly decision is not just about me. It's not just about my life. It's not just about what can I get from God. But it's about how will people around me be affected. So is, is your decisions, your way of thinking driven by love for the people around you? Or are they driven by your personal needs, just by your personal needs and desires? And this is the first point. A godly decision will not just benefit you but will touch the life of people around you. A godly decision will never ask you to will, will never put you in a position where you have to compromise your faith. You know, when sometimes we take decision and, and we know that there is a small compromise. You know, we know that, uh, you know, it's like, I'm not sure God is very happy about that, but I'm sure he's going to be fine with it. You know, small compromise. That's not a godly decision. God will never ask you to compromise your faith because basically then he would be asking you to compromise himself, really. Yeah? So a godly decision, a, a decision that is led by God, a, God, a decision that is approved by God will never compromise your faith. No matter how small or big this compromise is. just want to read two, a few verses here. James chapter 1 from verse 12 to 17. It says, Blessed is the one who perseveres under trial, because having stood the test, that person will receive the crown of life that the Lord has promised to those who love him. When tempted, no one should say, God is tempting me. For God cannot, tempt, cannot be tempted by evil, nor does he tempt anyone. But each person is tempted when they are dragged away by their own evil desire and enticed. Then, after the desire has conceived, it gives birth to sin. And sin, when it is full grown, gives birth, give birth to death. Don't be deceived, my dear brothers and sisters. Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like shifting shadows. So it's interesting here that... It says, is, you see how sin is born, yeah? There is like a process there. It's like there is a, a desire. You, you think about something. Sometimes you know it's, it's a small compromise. I'm sure God will not mind about that. 
And then we, from thinking, we move into action. So we conceive, we do something, we follow up or our thinking. And then whatever we do, whatever scene we do, no matter how small it is, is going to grow. And eventually is going to lead you to death. That's how sin works in our life. You know, it never comes like, you know, go there and, and do something crazy, stupid that, you know, everybody knows is, is wrong. And it will start with a small compromise. God is not going to mind about that. Just go for it. He loves you. He's going to forgive you. Just you know, go for it. You know, when you follow up, whatever you do, it's going to grow, it's going to become bigger, and then eventually... Is going to lead you to death. So a God of decision will never allow this to happen in your life. There is not compromises. There are not things that you need to, um, you know, you can do that pretend God doesn't see. You know, the problem with sin is not about just God seeing it. It's just the sin leads to death. And it's interesting here because even when James, in James, when he starts, he says, blessed is the one who perseveres under trial. It's like sometimes when we go through difficult times, that is the moment where we are more prone to do compromises. Because our situation is tough, our situation is difficult, I'm suffering for, for different reasons. Before, you know, I, if I know that I'm thinking that this is a shortcut, this is something that can give me a respite, something that can give me a, a moment of, you know, outside of, of freedom from this situation, I'm going to go for it. You know, when, uh, um, when you, this is just one example, but it's not just these, yeah? Um, it, but it's like people who struggle, for example, with alcohol. You talk to them, and the reason why they drink is because they want to escape, you know, from their situation. Sometimes they're not happy with their life, and they're looking forward to that bottle that will help them, in their mind, to distract themselves from their situation. You know, but that's actually something that eventually will cause them to die. And this is just an example, but this is what I'm saying here. is like when we go through difficult times and we think, you know, a small thing, a small compromise can help me. You know, that's, that's not the way to go. God is the one who can help you in your situation. God is the one, that, the one where you should go to, you know, open up your, your heart. You know, and even if your situation is difficult, even if you're there, since sometimes you, you can pour out your soul. And you're like, you know, we, we've been speaking before I left, you know, the language of prayer and psalms, your emotions. You can empty all these things, you know, before God because he understands you and he can, you know, take you by hand and, and, and move you uh, forward. You know, and, and compromises are not there, are not part of, of, of this. It's not part of, of, of a godly choice. And it's interesting because what we read, it says God does not change like shifting shadows. Because sometimes we, you know, we, we decide to say no to something for a while. And then maybe three years down the road, five years down the road, um, actually it's fine. You know, maybe, you know, it's, not, it's okay now for God. But it says, you know, God doesn't change. Like a shifting shadow. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. What is seen today was seen yesterday and is going to be seen tomorrow. And unfortunately, you know, we see these in the, in the world, you know, generation, you know, go by and, and say, oh, of course, in, in today's generation, this is not seen anymore. It's normal. Look, everybody outside are doing that. TV is speaking about that. You know, everybody's speaking about that. For sure, it's okay. You know, the generation has changed. God doesn't change. 
like a shifting shadow. What is seen yesterday is seen today. Please do not compromise your faith. You're not making a godly choice if you compromise your faith. You're not making a godly choice. It doesn't matter if you are a new believer, a minister, or an experienced believer. Do not compromise your faith. God is not in that decision. God is not there. And you will soon realize because you will find yourself alone paying the consequences of your choices, of your decisions. So a godly choice always affects other people around you. It's not just about you, but always reaches out to the people around you. A godly choice never compromises our faith in God. A godly choice will bring you close to God. When we take a godly decision, we feel we, we are, you know, the Holy Spirit is, you know, confer, is, is confirming us that we have, we have done the right things. We feel peace. We feel close to the Lord. We feel in intimacy with God, even when the situation is difficult. You know, sometimes to make a, you know, making a godly choice, it doesn't mean that eventually your life is going to be problem-free or, you know, that you're going to be fine. You know, you will find yourself in difficult times. You will find yourself in, 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 in difficult moments. But even in these difficult moments, you feel close to God. You feel the Holy Spirit working in you. You, you, you. you feel like, yes, I'm here, but I know that I've made the right decision. I've made a godly a choice. And you can actually, you can experience God in, in a different way. 2 Corinthians 12, 9, 11, he said, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly about my weaknesses, so that Christ's power may rest on me. That is why, for Christ's sake, I delight in weaknesses, in insults, in hardship, in persecutions, in difficulties. For when I'm weak, then I am strong. When I reach my limit, that's it. I cannot do it anymore. And I find myself still moving forward. It means only one thing, that God is carrying you. You experience God is, is actually, okay, it's a difficult time. But because you made the godly decision, you made the right decision, I promise I will be with you. I will, not, I will never leave you. And I know it's tough. But look, can you, can you feel my hand? I, you, come on, let's keep on walking. Let's keep on moving forward. Lord, it's, it's, it's tough. It's difficult. You know, I feel weak. Don't worry. You know, my power is made perfect in weaknesses because, you know, you cannot do anymore. Hey, and I'm going to be the one working in your life. So a godly decision will always bring you close to God. Even when we go through difficult times, you will feel approved. You will feel like that you've done the good things. You will feel one step closer to God. Opposite to that, when we don't make a godly decision, when we compromise into something, we know deep down that that was not the right things to do. And you, you feel that. It comes between you and God, no matter how small or big that is. But when you make a godly decision, you feel the approval of the Holy Spirit. You feel that He's going to carry you and He's going to bring you forward even when the situation is tough. So, until now, three, remember, a godly decision is not just about you, but it's about the people around you. Will the people around you be blessed by your decision or is it just about you? The second point a godly decision will never ask you to compromise your faith. God is not going to ask you to compromise your faith in a small way or in a big way. 
He's not going to ask you to do that. And then you will feel close to God. And then the last and most important one, a godly decision is always in line with God's word. Always. You know, it's like, uh, you know, if you are part of this church, you know how, how strongly we hammer this. Yeah, we want to be a church of the word. We want to be people of the word. Yeah, um, we don't want to be people that are led by different uh, philosophies, different worldviews. We want to be people that are led by our Savior, Jesus Christ. And all what we had to know about us, about God, about our faith, is there in the Bible, is there in the Word. So God, when we take a, when we take a decision in our life that somehow is not aligned with God's Word, you are not making a godly decision. There is not even, uh, there is not even point for you to stop and to think and to ask and to maybe, maybe not. If it's not in line with God's Word, you're not making a godly decision. Um, and there are, you know, so many verses in the Bible that speaks about the importance of the Word of God and uh, how the Word of God should be relevant in our life. And I just want to read a few, one from the Old Testament, one from the New Testament. So in the Old Testament, we're going to read in Joshua chapter 1, verses 7 and 9. So that is the context, is the law, yeah, but now we, we've got, the entire Bible, so even if we've got even something that is bigger than the law. Um, but here it was the message that God was, um, you know, passing down to, to Joshua and his people. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. And he was speaking about the, um, you know, the, what we call Pentateuch, the first um, five book of the Bible. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then, then, you will be, uh, you will be prosperous and successful. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. And there are a few verses that I, I, a few words within these verses that I hi highlighted on my notes. Obey all the law, obey all the scripture, do not turn from it, do not turn your back, walk, be in line with it, that you may be what? That you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips, meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. As I said, this is the Old Testament, yeah? But this is the heart of God. The Old Testament people, they, they didn't have the full Bible like we have. They had the Pentateuch and a few other books. And God was saying, look, it's important, yeah? But that was the heart of God. And God is saying the same thing for us today. You, we've got this, the Word of God, you've got the Bible. Do not depart from it. Meditate on it day and night. Do not turn your back on it. Simple. You know, it's very strongly in a simple way God was making the point, look, this is what I've given you to live your life. So any godly decision will always be aligned with God's word. And then we move to the New Testament, 2 Timothy 3, verses 16 to 17. 
is like the New Testament perspective. All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God might be truly equipped for every good work. All Scripture is God-breathed. Old Testament, New Testament. And is what? Is useful for teaching, so we can learn from it. For rebuking, we can understand when we are making a godly choice or not a godly choice. And we can take that rebuke. We can say, okay, you know, sorry, I'm just going to change what I was doing. Are there to correct us and to train us in righteousness? That's what the Bible is there for. Not just for us to know about Jesus, which is, I shouldn't use just, forgive me. But it's not just, again, it says just come out. It's a, it's, it's, yes, of course, it's about Jesus and, 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 di- and he, the fact he died and, 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 the, and he saved us. But the Bible that we have is, is more, it's just it's, it's something, it's a tool that we as children of God, we should use every day. Something that is there to correct us, to, to, to lead us in the right path. To, something that is there so that we can make godly decisions. And then one last verse, Psalm 119, verse, verse 105 says, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. So you see a godly decision, then it cannot get, go against the word of God. It is so simple. And yet, in today's world, in today's generation, in many churches today, somehow we manage to, to get that we lost this simple truth and we start to find excuses to, you know, this is okay, this is fine, it's a new generation, this is not seen anymore, a compromise here, a compromise there. You know, and little by little you see so many churches just, just going astray. And people who were supposed even to, you know, to bless others, you know, they are even tormented by problems and they've got problems. They're not able to help other people because they're on their own. You know, when we, whenever we walk away from God, you know, it's God that's not going to follow us. I'm here. If you want to, come back. If you walk away, you're on your own. And guess what? When you're on your own, you feel the stress, the pressure, the tension, and, and so many problems are there. A godly decision. Remember four things today? Well, actually, from the beginning, we can make godly decisions because the Holy Spirit is renewing our mind so we can, as we get closer to God, our mind will start thinking as the creator of all things, things. He renews our mind. And then some practical guidelines. It's not just about you, but it's about the people around you. It's going to bring you close to God. will never ask you to compromise your faith. And, and it will always be in line with God's word. Why don't we all stand? And um, let's just, uh, uh, yes, worship him. You can come. And um, in conclusion, it's like, you know, I, I don't know. Um, well, I know most of you, I guess. Um, but I don't know maybe what you're going through. Um, but maybe there is someone here who is, you feel a bit tired of making bad decisions. Um, you made bad decisions in your past and you're paying the consequences and, and you struggle because these consequences are, are difficult. 
And unfortunately, certain things need to be faced. There is no shortcut, depending on the situation, depending on what our decision have caused. There are things that we cannot run away from. They're there. But God is saying, look, tough is going to be tough. You're asking me to remove this, this, this uh, difficult time. You're, you're saying to me that you're tired of this, but that's just the result of some decision that you, take, you took. Now, this is the situation, and this is what it is. But I want to take you. I want to help you to navigate in this situation. I want to carry you through this situation. And, uh, you know, it's like maybe you never uh, taken a godly decision in your life. Maybe you're tired, as I said, of making choice, bad choice after the bad choice. And the first, you know, solution is to align yourself with God. So if you're not a Christian today, just to invite Jesus to come in your life. Becoming a Christian means to, to realize that we messed up, that we need a Savior. And Jesus, that's what, he, when he came, he, he came for that, to save us. And we can call upon his name, and I want to invite you, if you're not saved today, to call up upon the name of Jesus to say, look, I want to... Uh, I want to know you. And then you repent. You take the decision of changing your life, of following him. And then the Holy Spirit comes and lives in your life. And once the Holy Spirit is in your life, you have all what you need to make a godly decision. But you need to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. You need to allow God to clean the areas of your life that need to be cleaned to remove the things in your life that needs to be removed and to start afresh. The more you allow God to move in your life, the more your mind will be transformed. The more your mind will be aligned with God's mind. And that's the first step. So if you're not a Christian today and you're, you're tired of making bad decisions in your life, Decisions that led you in difficult places, you can change that today. You can uh, ask God to help you to make the good decision, to make a good decision to come in your life and work in your life. And uh, if you are living today, maybe you are a Christian, but you're living and experiencing the effects of a bad decision that you've taken in the past in your life, and you struggle, God sees you. He wants to help you. He wants to carry you. Certain things can be changed. Other things will be more difficult. I don't know what's your situation. I don't know what, I don't know what's, what are these consequences that you're suffering from. But God wants to be with you. God wants to walk with you. God God's want to, to take you by hand 
and he wants to carry you. Even in the, mid, in the midst of a difficult time, of a difficult situation. And there is a light. He, he, you know, the Bible says he can make a way where there is no way. He can create, you know, you know, water in the desert. He can do all things. And sometimes even our worst choices that have caused our terrible circumstances, we can find grace, we can find good things even in those places. But you need to be close to God. You need to allow God to... Yeah, to work in your life. And all the decisions that you take, you know, check them with the Word of God. Are they in line with God's Word? Are they, are they godly decisions or is something that you think is a good idea? Everything passed from there. If you're not a Bible reader, it's time for you to start. If you cannot read, you can listen. It doesn't matter how much you read, but the secret is there, my friend. Sometimes we say, we, I cannot hear from God. I cannot hear. I want to hear from God. All what you need to hear is in, in the Bible. And then if there is something else coming, praise God. But all what you need is already there. So it's time for you to, to get serious with the Word of God, with the Bible, to get in line with God's Word. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord God. We thank you, Jesus. We praise your name, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Jesus. We praise your name. Hallelujah. We lift your name, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord God, because you've given us all what we need to make godly decisions. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for your work in our life. We thank you, Lord, for your word. We, we want to follow your word. We don't want to depart from it. We don't want to turn our back on it. Thank you for giving us your word, God. We thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And I want to pray today for how many people are suffering consequences of their choices ungodly decisions that perhaps they made in their past. Just pray for an extra portion of your grace and strength and peace today. Help them find peace in you, Lord God, even in the midst of their storms, of their difficulties. Help, help them not to be carried away by the circumstances, but to hold strong on you. We thank you, Lord God. Hallelujah. We praise your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. We lift your name, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. And as I, as I said at the beginning, if there is any of you who would like to share a word, you feel you've got something for the church, just do not be shy. Do not be shy. Hallelujah. Thank you, God. Hallelujah. We praise you, Jesus. We praise your name, God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, we lift your name, Lord God. Hallelujah. You are wonderful, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you for the wisdom that comes from you, God. Thank you because we are not on our own. We are not forsaken, but you are with us, God. Hallelujah. Your word is good. Your word is true. You are faithful, God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. 